does have it all. All of our pre-owned vehicles are Hubler Q certified, which include a 128-point vehicle inspection, a free Carfax vehicle history report, and two warranties. A two-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty and a 30-day, 1,000-mile comprehensive warranty. Visit any of our 13 locations today or click drivehubler.com. Kevin's Corner, leading into roster cuts. Thank you for tuning in. I am Kevin Bowen, Eddie Garrison with me as always. Boy, we got a jam-packed one here on this Friday morning. We will recap the preseason finale. We will hit on the 53-man roster, my final projection. Uh, We'll give you that on this podcast. And then Twitter questions, as always. Um, Eddie, it is going to be a busy one and busy kind of 72 hours. How are you doing? I know you had a late night last night, so I appreciate you uh, hopping in here this morning. Yeah, I felt like I uh, should have just you know, set up the cot and just slept here, brought some stuff to shower, some breakfast, and then uh, just get up and get go after it again today. But no, left here about just after 2 in the morning, uh, went home a little bit, and now I'm back here recording the pod with you here at 10 a.m. Good news. The only primetime game of the season. So you For got now. it out For of now. the way. For yeah, now. Yeah. Um, I really don't want to hit too much on the Jonathan Taylor thing. I, I feel like we've done that a lot. Um, he could be traded. You know, they, we've talked about it a lot on this podcast. If and when it happens, we'll certainly touch on it. Um, you know, if you can get some sort of day two-ish pick and you don't want to extend him or you have hesitancy in doing it, I think that would be hard to pass up, in my opinion. Um, but I do have one question for you. Sure. It seems to me uh, there's been a lot of chatter from the Miami area as of late, as of reported offers and things of that nature. Um, is that driven by Taylor's agent, or could that be driven by? Oh, I, I think it's pretty internally legit. by the Dolphins. No, I think it's pretty legit Dolphins. I mean, look how they've acted as a franchise. The trade for Tyreek Hill, the trade for Bradley Chubb. And they've been uber aggressive, I would say, in building around Tua. It makes sense. I mean, Tua's injury history is what it is. If he's going to miss some time, wouldn't you love to have a guy like Jonathan Taylor? I mean, you imagine playing safety and facing the Dolphins' offense? No. With Jonathan Taylor? Or a linebacker? And Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle and yeah, I mean it makes a lot of sense if you're Miami to do it. I know that draft pick wise, they don't have a third and fourth, and their cap space for 2024 is not in a great spot. And obviously they got to pay two at some point, you would think. Um, but I guess last last thing that I'll say on Taylor, it's hard for me to watch last night, Eddie, and watch the Buffalo game and think, what would a home run hitter look like next to Richardson? Yep. I think Deion Jackson and Evan Hall have kind of they've gotten what's been blocked. The creases are there. The home run potential with a running back, boy. Um, yeah, I, I that is something that has stood out to me with this situation. So I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. You could spend three hours on it, but I want to focus on last night and then roster cuts upcoming. So Eddie, let's begin with last night and. Overall, the old adage of, you know, I think to some people that was probably their first Anthony Richardson exposure. You know, maybe uh, you were doing something on a Saturday afternoon a few weeks back. You didn't get him against Buffalo. You haven't been out to Grand Park. So it was kind of funny to see the national reaction to it. They're like, whoa, like, man, this is entertaining. And you guys have heard me say it so many times. Don't be bad, boring, and old at QB. The Colts will not be that. I'm laying there in bed last night having trouble to fall asleep. I'm thinking... You think there's a team in NFL history that's ever stylistically looked more different at quarterback from one year to the next than the Colts are? I mean, velocity of the passes, the age of the quarterback, certainly the leg element to it. Um, it, And imagine the plays that are now called. I mean, it's such a contrast from one year to the next. Richardson, stat line, Eddie, okay, 6 of 17. Um, Flacco to Lamar. Yeah, that would be a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Really nice. And granted, I think it'd be a slap in the face to compare Matt Ryan last year to even Joe Flacco in the year, <laughs> whatever yeah. that would have been, 2017, yeah. 2018. Um, and I guess let's just kind of group Richardson's entire preseason in there. Nine total series. Um, it's disappointing. It's kind of a bummer, Eddie, that the Colts starters played 15 series, nine on offense, six on defense, all 15 against backups. You know, you didn't get 
the same evaluation, which you know I, I know is out of your control. I'd say they he led four scoring drives. Matt Gay missing that field goal to me should have been a scoring drive. So four out of nine scoring drives. For the preseason, he was 13 of 29. That is 44-ish percent, 153 yards, seven carries for 45. The numbers don't tell the full story. I think that's a given. Let's focus on the numbers, though, for just a second. 44% has got to rise. If you're going to be 50 to 55%, how you offset that, Eddie, is the other key statistic to look at with quarterbacks, and that is yards per attempt. And Richardson's yards per attempt in the preseason was just over five. That is an extremely low number. So I think if there's a couple things passing game related, the obvious is there. The five to 10 to 12 yard balls have got to be more on target. The velocity has got to be settled down a bit. It's always the 98 mile per hour fastball, or at least it often is. So he's got to clean that up. And I thought a perfect example of that, Eddie, was the opening series last night. You try the deep shot to Pierce to start the game. Yep. It doesn't hit, so now you're second and 10. Second and 10 and 98% of NFL playbooks, or really any playbook for that matter, is get back on track. And they had a very simple throw and catch for Richardson in that moment. He doesn't complete it on second and 10. Now it's third and 10. Should Quentin Nelson have back-to-back penalties? Of course not. But you can't be in third and 10. Because when you're in third and 10, the margin for error is, and I'm doing the little shrinking thing with my my two fingers. Are you smushing my face? Smushing, yes, it together. You cannot be in third and 10 because it exposes and it again the margin for error shrinks majorly you had penalties you get behind the chains it's 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 a three and out so I go back to the yards per attempt if you're able to create a few of the big plays or your your rushing yards seven for 45 if those create some big plays you can live with the completion percentage just north of 50 it's not ideal but you can live with it if you create the big plays Um, outside of I think it was what? Granson had a... What was Granson's catch in week one? Probably 22, 23. Obviously, he had one last night that was big. Um, you didn't create the big passing play. Pierce had the drop in week one. But of the 29 attempts, if you're going to be 50% or somewhere around there, of the 29 attempts, you needed two or three completions north of 25 yards. I know that's a lot to ask for, but again, that's how it always offsets. If you're going to have the small completion percentage, you better have the big yard per attempt. How challenging is that, though, in preseason when you're running a lot of manila offense out there? You're not really scheming up Pierce and Pittman or Downs for these downfield type of plays. Without question. I Thank you for bringing that up because I don't want to seem like I'm overreacting the preseason. I'm explaining what you don't want to see in the regular season. You know, And it's obviously twofold. The Colts... I didn't think they ran really any like quick quick hitters, you know, just like a little swing pass to downs, those extended handoffs, a wide out screen, something like that. That could also keep you on track. And the reverse of that is I would assume Eddie, week one against Jacksonville, they just go press man across the board and they spy at Richardson. I mean, isn't that what you would do against the Colts right now? Alec Pierce, you haven't shown any ability to create separation in the NFL. Um, you've got to be able to do that. Michael Pittman, you know, same same sort of th- same sort of thing. So that is what I'm guessing team's going to do against the Colts. You you saw it last night, and I thought DeForest Buckner really summed it up well with 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 Kaylee Hartung. And the first play that I'll go to is on that field goal drive, Eddie. Third and let me just pull it out here. Um, back to back touchdown drives, great response, both over 50 yards after the three and out. You get into the second quarter there. You've got a third and 11 from the Philly 28-yard line. Awful down and distance. You are also in a down and distance there where any sort of negative play now all of a sudden brings field goal attempt into a bit of question, a bit of uncertainty. Third and 11 from the 28. Richardson drops back. Immediately he's got a linebacker in his face. Free rushers right there. If Richardson takes a sack, let's call it a 10-yard sack there. It's 4th and 21 from the 38. You're looking at a 56-yard field goal outdoors. What does he do? He spins out of it, runs out of bounds. Doesn't take a hit. Runs out of bounds for a gain of 5. 
It is now fourth and six from the 23. Lucas Haversick, good from 41 yards. Eddie, in the box score, that play will read as Anthony Richardson, one carry for five yards. Indeed. But what it is is what DeForest Buckner said to Kaylee Hartung, turn a negative into a positive. The Colts have not had that with the leg element at quarterback in quite some time. And those are the plays with Richardson that tell more of the story than 44% or 5.2 yards per attempt. Because right there, he just saved that football team three points. And in a league where it's defined by parity, that's massive. And this is the major, major reason why I've said for years, you've got to find a leg element at quarterback. It doesn't have to be Lamar Jackson. It doesn't have to be Richardson looking as impressive as that play looked. It can just be a subtle, hey... Um, I'm able to kind of slide with my athleticism a little left to right, and now I've created a new throwing window, and boom, I can deliver that ball. I mean, hell, there were moments from the Eagles where their quarterbacks saw some running lanes early on, and they made an extra play or two. Those are the things you have to have at that position. I know our listeners probably get tired of it, but again, creator, not a passer. And Richardson is a creator. Yes, he has to improve as a passer, but he is a creator as well. So that is the play that just stood out to me so, so much. A couple other things to note from last night, Richardson-related, Eddie, and feel free to chime in. I thought the best throws of the night, I know the Granson one was a beautiful ball. Oh, yeah. The two balls that I really liked in back-to-back moments was after the opening drive, your first touchdown drive, you opened up that drive with an in-rhythm throw to Michael Pittman for 13. Richardson scrambles on the next play for six, and then the third play of that drive, 23 yards in stride to a rumbling Drew Ogletree. It was nice to see him on the field. Ogletree, definitely. On target, in stride. When Anthony Richardson is throwing balls over the middle, they are not very often on target, and they're not very often in stride. Those were catchable very catchable balls where those guys did not have to react too too much out of their catch radius. And those are two big dudes. Mm-hmm. And you were able to let them do something. So right there, those two plays, boom, 13-23, that's 36 yards in balls where we've seen him airmail often or we see him, again, have too much of a fastball there. So those really stood out to me because, again, that accuracy from the 5 to 10 yards – Still in work in progress. He did throw a really nice ball to Josh Downs there late. That he dropped, right? That 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 Downs dropped. Um, but those stood out to me. Anything else Richardson related, Eddie? Um, obviously, I was working with radio last night, so it's hard for me to really get a, a gauge on where some of these misses were. But um, when I was listening to Rick Venturi, he was talking with Matt Taylor after that first drive and – Colts are starting to go down the field, and he goes, this guy is special in the aspect of, you know, he can beat you with his legs. He will eventually get to the point where he will carve you up with his arm. And the part that excites me the most about Richardson, talking about Rick Venturi, is his selection amnesia. He's really good at not making the same mistake twice. Uh, In that opening drive, Rick said that the, the coaching staff was pretty much on him from the get-go because he tries to throw the ball to Pittman, I think, over the middle of the field for a deeper complete uh, to get a first down, whereas uh, the play was designed to go to Josh Downs for a five-yard gain to make it like a third and five. Yeah, yeah, and those are the things, Eddie, that just you've got to find a couple of singles in there. I, I know he's not going to be Wentz. I know he's not going to be Rivers, but again, you can't live in third and ten. Because, again, when you get in the regular season, Mm -hmm. that's a spy on the other side. And now that scramble is probably not going to be as easy as he maybe made it look at times last night there. So I think that's something you would like to see. Um, I thought all in all, you had to be pretty encouraged by what he showed you in the preseason. This is going to be a long process. This is not going to be overnight. And I like the fact that he ended up playing nine series you know, he ended up playing pretty much a full game if you yeah. kind of combine week one and week three with the amount of snaps that he took as well. Um, the Colts love, love, and we've seen in the preseason games. I'm surprised we've seen it 
as much as we have. They love to use tempo. They love to use the no huddle with Richardson. I know Amazon threw up the stats of him in shotgun, how much he was in shotgun at Florida. Clearly, that's going to be a recipe um, that they that they rely on a lot. So I do have one final question for you on the Richardson yeah. front of things. At what point in the season do we go from, you know, he's got to get the technique down to the point where we start saying that's just something he has to do like he's got to make that throw he's got to do this or got to do that I think you can say stuff like that Eddie you can point that stuff out and it doesn't mean that he's just a bust you know like like, in terms of being like more critical is what I should say yeah I I think it ramps up as the year moves along but I mean again this is the unicorn like like no other that the NFL has ever seen. And this is where I probably side on the more of Jonathan Taylor is needed. You know, I've, I've you know, heard from people like, hey, man, you know, why don't you bring up who Josh Allen's running back was? Or why don't you bring up who Lamar Jackson's running back was? Or Cam Newton? I'm like, guys, Lamar Jackson was the Heisman Trophy winner. Cam Newton won a national title. Josh Allen, and while he Heisman. struggled mightily, yeah, while he struggled mightily at Wyoming with accuracy, he also started double the amount of games that. Anthony Richardson started at Florida. Jalen Hurts had what over forty starts in his college career. Like we cannot compare the Richardson experiment with anybody, frankly, in NFL history, let alone a top five pick. Maybe Michael Vick, just because Vick had played I mean, less Vick, games Vick than playing the national title at, at, at uh, yeah at Virginia Tech. I mean, Florida was a god awful team last yeah. year. Like you just you cannot compare. I went back and looked at the the stats. If you look at the last three years in college football, because I think college football has changed so much. The guys that have had at least 300 pass attempts in a season, there's like 170 guys that qualify for that over the last three years. Richardson's 53% or whatever he was last year was dead last of all those guys. I mean, this is just a just an absolutely outlier, again, unicorn different project. So... To me, that's why I look at it and say all the support that you need, front load the hell out of those things. And obviously, I know the Taylor thing is more complicated with that when you think of his injury status and all of that. But that's why I've stressed the need to try and get ahead of it as early as possible. And again, going back and watching Buffalo, certainly watching last night, what stands out to me, Eddie, is man, there are some lanes to hit some holes. And just a guy gets what's blocked for him. And that's what I've seen from Deion Jackson, Evan Hall. Yeah, nice runs, but nothing extraordinary. Mm-hmm. Taylor can bring extraordinary. Where do you want to so, go next uh, with last night's game after Richardson? You want to go somewhere um, else on the offense? Or you want? I thought a couple nice side? moments out of the tight end group. Yeah, well, and, and let's let's go to the Danny Pinter injury. I feel awful for him. Obviously, you see the reaction from those on the sideline and everybody coming out on the field. We'll see about the severity of it. But if this impacts his roster status at all, a couple things to note: he's in a contract year. So we'll see what happens there. But Eddie, if you're making six, seven, eight on your O line right now, let's say Pinter's going to miss time. I would have in some order Carter O'Donnell, Blake Freeland, Arlington Hambright. O'Donnell's played as many snaps in the NFL as you. Arlington Hambright is a seventh round pick that hasn't played an offensive snap since 2020. And Blake Freeland has played as many snaps as you. Not a so, big uh, Dan Skipper guy. Skipper to me, I'd probably put in that nine slot. You know, could make it as a backup tackle. That's probably where I would go, though, in terms of sliding him. I think they look at Freeland as a tackle above him, and maybe even Hambright as a tackle above him. So um, that 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 Pinter thing obviously could be a huge. I, I, part of me, I know hindsight's twenty twenty, but when they when I saw him snap into Minshew throughout the second half, I was kind of like, really? Didn't he just play the whole first half? Yeah, I kind of viewed him as like. If he's number six, it's, it's kind of important. Just put Wesley French or Dakota Shepley in the game. But again, obviously hindsight, twenty twenty on that. Um, offense again, the tight ends, Granson, Ogletree, Mallory. I thought all three of them did some nice things. Starting defense wise, you know, by no means was it poor this preseason out of that group. But I, and feel free to disagree, Eddie. I expect a little bit more out of the defense. Indeed, six starters for the series, uh, six starters and the. Six starting series this preseason for the first unit, all against, of course, backups. 
you gave up scores on four of those six drives. That obviously is a poor number. Now, you had a drive start on what? Your own 23 last night? Was that the opening kickoff? And then yeah. Buffalo, the Richardson interception started on the 13. So obviously you're thrown into very bad situations there. But both of them led to touchdowns. Both of them led to touchdowns. So sudden change, you know, third down conversions, multiple ones last night on that first series by Mariota. So I would have liked to have seen a little bit more, um, particularly out of that D line from a playmaking standpoint in the pass rush. I thought they were good against a run, pretty stout. But. I wanted to see a little bit more. I mean, you're facing backup offensive linemen. You know, look at the Colts' backup offensive linemen. I mean, you're facing backup O linemen. I would like to have seen a little bit more out of that group. You know, cornerbacks, and I know injuries have played into this, Eddie, but just what a disappointment. Juju Brents and Darius Rush. And, and, and it's so much health, but just what a massive disappointment in their inability to be on the field. And again, it's injury more than performance. I want to stress that. But man, when they were drafted, you talk about golden opportunities. And I don't know if Dallas Flowers and Daryl Baker Jr. ever left their starting job this offseason. I thought mostly good. A couple iffy moments last night from those two. But I thought mostly good from Flowers and Baker Jr. Again, granted, they were going up against a guy wearing number 38 as a wide receiver and Deion Kane or whatever number he was. <laughs> um so, yeah, anything else starting defense-wise? I mean, hell, Baker Jr. and, and um, what's-his-name, they're going to they're gonna start. Yeah. Uh, Stewart again flying all over the field. It's hard not to notice him. Yeah, at hair one just... point, Al Michaels was like, I know you can't tell, but trust me, his name's Stewart. I know the hair covers the old nameplate on that. But, yeah, I, I got him as a roster lock. Um, anything else, Eddie, starting performance, reaction from last night? Do you find it odd that they gave Matt Gay the day off or the game off? Uh, that made no sense to me. Zero sense. I mean, I, uh, yeah, I, I was like, what? Like, is Lucas Haversick going to be on your practice squad again? I, I yeah, that one I did not understand. Uh, Colts covered easily, right? Four and a half, three and a half, something like that. I thought it closed at like five or six, but even still, they covered. They did. Um, should we get into roster cuts? Yes. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Okay, Eddie, let's go. How, how do you want to do this? Should we go position by position? Yeah, let's go position by position. We'll start okay. with the biggest position on the football team, that is kicker. I'm just kidding. Uh, we'll start with quarterback. Uh, so there are three right now, Sam Ellinger, Gardner Minshew, and Anthony Richardson. And you have all three of them making your 53-man roster prediction. Yeah, again, I don't know. Maybe Ellinger isn't Shane Steichen's cup of tea, but it just kind of makes sense to... You know, keep him around. You've got that extra quarterback rule here in 2023. Would anyone pick him up if he was waived? I don't think so. Would they? I don't know. Frank Reich? I don't Reich? know. The whole extra third quarterback thing is Frank one Reich? to like, yeah, I'd have to look at Carolina's depth chart. I mean, obviously you've got Colts, Colts connections all, all around the league now with four of the 32 coaches um, coming from that previous previous regime it is kind of weird to think they've went a whole offseason and they never signed a fourth quarterback I, I can't recall the last time they never had a fourth in here so yeah i'm, I'm gonna keep all three of them okay uh moving to running backs there's seven right now uh you have the colts carrying four on their 53 uh one rookie and evan hole Deion jackson zach moss and there should be an asterisk next to this one Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, obviously the Taylor thing, there's a deadline of him on the physically unable to perform list Tuesday at 4. So if he stays on that list, he's missing at least four games, and now you've got a whole different side to this saga. If um, he does stay on PUP, is does this list change? Or is there a different guy yeah. that you have getting cut in Kenyon Drake, Jake Funk, or Jason Huntley making the roster? Probably not. I mean, I, I obviously the Zach Moss health would be the question you would have here. Um could he be ready in week one? That remains to be a question. I think running back is a definite waiver wire 
position, and then I would try to put one of these guys in the practice squad. Drake, Funk, Huntley. I don't know if you look at any of the three and think they have to be on the team. Like, if you were going to play week one tomorrow, wouldn't it just be Hall and Jackson for the whole game? And I guess maybe Kenyon Drake. But, I mean, Hall and Jackson, I think, are definitely above those two. So, I think that four makes sense. Obviously, the Taylor thing is the biggest unknown on that. But this is where pass catcher is. I mean, that quarterback running back seems relatively easy to me. The rest of the positions is where I just go, oh boy, here we go. Yep. Uh, starting with wide receiver. Currently, there are 13 players on the, what, 90 man roster? Correct. Yep. Uh huh. And you have that number being cut down to five. You've got Josh Downs, Isaiah McKenzie, Alec Pierce. Michael Pittman Jr. and Jawan Winfrey making the roster out of the wide receiver group. Yeah, I went with Winfrey as the fifth. He got in there pretty early last night. He's got special teams histories. You know, been in the league for a handful of years. This is probably throw a dart at a board. I, I don't want to act like I, you know, there's great intel. Winfrey's going to make it. I mean, you could talk yourself into Amari Rogers and Perriman. And Strawn did not play last night, Eddie. I don't, you know, obviously they were in Philly on Tuesday for that joint practice. I don't think I saw his name mentioned as participating in that joint practice. So I'm thinking, is he still hurt from the injured one on one rep that, hell, I tweeted out a video of it dating back to the Bears joint practice? He like kind of pulled, looked like he pulled like groin or hip or something like that. Um, I, I kind of go back to that and think, you know, is he banged up? And again, Strong just he just doesn't sniff a special teams presence for you. So I don't think he'd be claiming throw him on the practice squad if you want. James Washington is another name I've thought about here. So I really have no idea, but I'll go with Winfrey to round out five. But I think five more than six. And the reason for that is how many tight ends that I'm keeping. Yeah, be interesting to see if that's a position they address in the waiver wire as well, depending on who gets cut. And one thing I want to mention here, I texted you last night um, after it happened when Pittman came off the field for, what, those two plays during the first half? Yeah. Um, it was Brashad Perriman. Pittman's so crazy to even go back in the game. Again, you, know, you saw right? last night the USC pretty boy, nowhere to be found. Yeah, but it was Brashad Perriman. Did you see Perryman, him going yeah. after that fumble? Uh, I mean, no. it looked like it was his first born he was trying to get back on the ball. I'm like, dude, it's a preseason, not even your ball. Or, you know, you, you, you weren't even the one that fumbled it. I'm like, I thought it was incomplete when I first saw it. Uh, Perriman went in first, you said? Yes, Perriman yeah. was the first reserve. So I was just like, oh, that's something to monitor a little bit, possibly. Um, you know, Steichen said earlier this week, it comes down to more special teams than anything. I I, I don't know. Winfrey, Perriman, have at it. Now, this is where it gets difficult. Uh, the tight end group. Right now, the Colts have nine. You have them keeping five. I've got them keeping five, Eddie. That's a big number. Um, now, a couple thoughts. Mo Cox, Kylan Granson. Trade Mo Cox for the equivalent. Well, go ahead. List list all the tight ends. Sorry to interrupt. Mo Cox, Kylan Granson, Will Mallory, Drew Ogletree, and Jelani Woods. Do you trade Mo Cox for the Mo Cox equivalent at another position? More of need. I would say yes, because did he have a single catch during preseason? No, a little bit banged up. Now, having said that, let's not Story act like... Story of his career. Let's not act like health was a glowing remark for any of these guys. And Allie Cox is probably... Has he played more snaps than all these guys combined in the NFL? Uh, that's. I would have to look at Ricky Seals-Jones and Farrell Brown to give you a yes or no. So, I think those are some conversations you have to have. I do think Chris Boward is a big Ali Cox fan. Now, again, is Sirianni, or excuse me, is Steichen? That's, I guess, a little bit of a different question. But last night you saw Granson some nice moments, Mallory some nice moments, Ogletree. Health has just been such a hard thing to come by with this tight end group. In my 12 years of doing this, Eddie, I cannot recall a time where I have been such in an unknown state on how many tight ends who the tight ends are, and the depth chart. Like, if you were, again, going to go play them, uh, did Ogletree get the start last night? Is that what I saw? Like, is Jelani Woods' playing time in two? I mean, Jelani Woods has missed close to a month now at this point. And he missed a lot of time in the spring. So, is two and a half weeks of practice time enough for Jelani Woods to get going? I, oh. Yeah, I, I'm torn on this. So, I keep five, and again, Eddie, I think about the Ali Cox trade, and I also think about this. Who are the guys that are harder to get through waivers? 
Yep. Will Mallory is a fifth round pick. Drew Ogletree is a sixth round pick. I think those guys could have some attraction on the waiver wire. So that's part of the reason why I keep five. And as we get to the next position, for now, I've only got eight. So let's go ahead and go to the O line. All righty. There's 15, and you cut it almost just a little more than in half. Women's eight, like you mentioned, uh, Blake Freeland, Will Fries, Ryan Kelly, Quentin Nelson, Carter O'Donnell, Danny Pinter, Bernard Ryman, and Braden Smith. Those were the eight O linemen. You've got the Colts keeping. So obviously the Pinter injury is a huge thing that plays into this. So no Wesley French, no Emil Echior, uh, Arlington Ambright, or Dan Skipper. Yeah, Dakota Shipley, Vander Slice were the other two. Um, Hambright's the one that was the hardest one for me. And he's shown great position flex. Listed as a guard, went out to left tackle when Jake Witt went on injured reserve, the seventh-round pick out of Northern Michigan. Then he came back and started a right guard. O'Donnell started last night at right guard. So that was the toughest one for me. And this is a position, Eddie, that they've kept nine and they've kept ten. French has been a guy they've kept before. He probably benefits if Pinter's out for any time. So I look at it and say, okay, who's harder to get to my practice? Who is easier to get to my practice squad? Will Mallory or Arlington Hambright? Probably Arlington Hambright. Now, I get O-line depth is not a given, but that was kind of my thinking on that there. So, again, I've got eight for now. I know in Ballard's world that's probably a little low, which is fine, um, but that's what I would do O-line-wise. I'm keeping you know, six wideouts, four tight ends. Now, let's go five tight ends. Let's go five wideouts. Let's knock a number off the O-line. And you can finagle with that practice squad, 53-man roster, leading into week one, sneak guys through at different points of uh, the early parts of September. Before we get to the uh, other side of the football and the defense, um, how long does it take you to do a 53-man roster prediction for one? The, the hardest one is probably the initial one. Like, I, I did one at the end of end of the spring. And, you know, for the most part, I'd have to go back and look at, what, 10 or 12 guys have probably changed since then. I mean, it's not a ton, but the math is the hard. What I try to do is I first go through it and say, all right, who are the guys that I feel are deserving? And then that number's like 58. And now it's like, okay, now where can I, how do I whittle that down to 53? That's the thing where it's like, okay, how do you make the math work? And again, special teams is one of these things where, do you want more of the ready-made receiver who might be attractive to other teams? You know, last year we saw the Colts trade for a special teamer in Grant Stewart. How mm-hmm. do teams value the back end for special teams guys? Are those guys you just call up off your practice squad late in the week? That's kind of been the new thing that teams have done. And you're going to see this here. Linebacker and corners where I had the other kind of conflicting numbers. And the second question, do you – categorize position and then the number of players you wanted a lot to each of those positions i don't i have a kind of a rough estimate of what i think and what i've also remembered the colts have done um so in general i i try to ballpark that but this year i mean i've probably have kept more corners than i usually do certainly more tight ends than i usually do and you know, those are two positions that were kind of wide open. It's almost like you want to let that battle play out even more into the regular season. All right, come next week on Thursday, I will be grading you. We will see how well Kevin <laughs> oh, Bowen shit. did with uh, his right. 53-man roster prediction. All right, now moving over to the defensive side of the football, starting up front along the defensive line, you've got the Colts cutting five guys, meaning they're going to keep nine of the 14 that they played at some point during the preseason. Adi Tamiwa, Adabare, Taven Bryan, DeForest Buckner, Samson Ebicom, Eric Johnson II, Taekwon Lewis, Dio Adengbo, Quiddy Pay, and Grover Stewart were the nine players that you have the Colts keeping on that part of the roster. I, I like nine, I but then again, man, McTelvin, a gym has had moments, Khalid Kareem has had moments, Titus Leo has had moments. I'd love to get Titus Leo to the practice squad. I'm sure he can make it there, though. Yeah, I, I thought that's kind of why I did cut him. And then Clid Kareem had a couple moments last night, and you know, got a soft spot for the Notre Dame product. So, this is one Eddie I don't Shocker. feel great about. Um, Taven Bryan, does he have a spot? I don't know, but you know, outside of Bryan, I'm thinking I don't know who else are they cutting. I don't really see any like obvious, obvious names with this. So, uh, there's a couple guys in there though, Jim, Muhammad. Kareem, 
all guys I could see factor in. Had them cutting Al Qadim Muhammad, uh, Caleb Sampson, Titus Leo, Khalid. Uh, I can't even say it. It goes Khalid, but what Khalid Kareem, uh, McTelvin Aguim. Uh, the Al Qadim Muhammad one surprised me just a little bit, but but again, Eddie, like, okay, are you keeping ten then? Are you cutting Brian? Yeah, I don't know. That would probably be the first name I would. Yeah. Um, let go. And the D-line guys, it's like, do they help you out on special teams? Now, last night, did you see the guy who missed the tackle on the big kick return to start the game? I can't remember. Adetamiwa Adabare. Yeah, I was about to mention him because during the fifth quarter he's the huddle. the first defensive tackle to be running down on kickoffs. He got down there so cool. I mean, hell, he ran uh, yeah. four in the 40, remember? Yeah. During the fifth quarter huddle last night with uh, Bill Brooks and Greg Rakestraw, they were talking about him and like how kind of uh, disappointed they were. Just because the lack of like splash plays that he made. Yeah, you haven't seen a ton of flash yet. Yeah, but so I, could that be a guy that's? You're not cutting a fourth round pick. At least I don't think you would. Well, didn't Ballard cut? Um, yeah, he cut Banner, but yeah. that was for a lot off the field stuff. Correct, but just you know something to monitor, sure. I guess. Uh, moving to linebackers, you've got the Colts keeping six of the nine that are currently on the roster: JoJo Doman, Zaire Franklin, Shaq Leonard. Uh, Sagoon Olubi, EJ Speed, and Grant Stewart. So you're cutting Liam Anderson, Cameron McGrone, and Donovan Mutant. Do they have room for a seventh? Is it Mutant or Mutton? Uh, I'd probably go Mutant. McGrone's the LC product. Liam Anderson's had some moments in camp, just not been able to stay healthy. You know, Doman is one that I'm like, is he a lock? Is he not? Do you cut Doman and keep a seventh corner? That's That was a conflicting thing I had. I think Olubi has shown enough. He's kind of a crazy dude. Um, Need one of those. And you like that on special teams. Stewart looks to be the fourth linebacker. Shaq looks to be ready. Obviously, we'll see about the concussion and all that. Um, but yeah, I'm going to go with six for now and trust Doman as a special teamer. But that's not one I'm writing in Sharpie. Now moving to cornerback. Obviously, the probably second position that we've monitored the closest uh, leading up to the start of the regular season. Daryl Baker Jr., Juju Brents, Dallas Flowers, Jalen Jones, Kenny Moore II, and Darius Rush are the six cornerbacks that you have making the 53-man roster, meaning Tony Brown, Chris Lamonds, Isaac Taylor Stewart, and Kevin Tolliver II are all looking for a new team. I think six is obvious. Yes. The big three, the three you're going to start in the nickel package, Kenny Moore, Dallas Flowers, Daryl Baker Jr., and then your three draft picks. And in order, Jalen, if you're playing tomorrow, Jalen Jones is playing above Juju Brents and Darius. I really like what I see from Jalen Jones. He had a really nice special teams rep as a gunner he, last night. And against the Bears. Yeah. He's had two big special team reps. I'm, I watched Jalen Jones, I'm like, you're telling me a five-star recruit out of high school played in the SEC and is at 6'2", fell to the seventh round? And it's not like he had, like, glaring... I mean, yeah, his 40 wasn't great, but it's not like there was, like, a major injury history, all that. I, I don't... I don't know. So, um, that, I think, is something that I am watching for. Um, just, do they have a seventh? Is Tony Brown the seventh as a special teamer and kind of a backup nickel there? Uh, but for now, I'm going to go with six. But again, this and linebacker was one of those that I kind of went back and forth on of, like, hmm... Could the numbers be one more at this spot, corner, and one less at the other spot, which would be linebacker? Final position in terms of offense and defense uh, is the safety position. You've got him keeping four of the eights, Julian Blackman, Nick Cross, Trevor Denbo, Rodney Thomas II. I think this one was pretty easy. Yeah, I didn't, and feel free to push back, Eddie. I didn't have too much issue with this one. Obviously, you got the top three with Blackman, Thomas and cross, and then Denbo, I think, has earned a spot, certainly on special teams as well. Did so. Marcel Dabo play at all during preseason? Uh, he did. He definitely played in that Bears game. I'm trying to look at it. Yeah, he uh, he played last night. I'd have to look up how many snaps, but yeah, he was in the lineup. They did they did sit several guys. Um, a lot of a lot of wideouts didn't play. Tyler Adams, Cody Case, Vincent Smith, Strawn. Uh, again, Strawn could be injury related. So Eddie, I would say the things for me that I struggle with. Obviously, th that fifth wideout spot. How many wideouts, tight ends, 
offensive lineman. You know, what's easier to, to make it through the practice squad? The Danny Pinter injury, going to have ramifications to it. D-line, that final spot, is it Taven Bryan? Is it Muhammad? Is it Kareem? I know they all don't necessarily play the same position. And then, you know, linebacker, say, or linebacker corner, I kind of went back and forth on that. Waiver wire to watch on Tuesday, Eddie. Fourth in the waiver wire, again. So that means whatever. The Chicago Bears cut their sixth wide out. And who are the teams above you? I guess it would be Chicago 1, uh, Houston 2, Arizona 3, and then the Colts 4. They claimed 5 in 2017. I could see a big number again this year. The positions that I'd be looking at, running back, wide out, O-line, corner, safety. Those are the ones I'd be looking at. And obviously when you're that high, Eddie, you might have a draft pick that gets cut that you had ranked 162 on your board and you might just want to bring into your building. That might be of a position of not obvious need. So obviously you watch that. You know, Kenny Moore, Pierre Desir, Jack Doyle. And you have found some big notable names in the waiver claims. So um, keep an eye on that. Keep an eye on trades. We've seen the Colts be active with trades. In this kind of 72-hour period before, Grant Stewart, Matt Pryor, Daryl Daniels, trying to think of who else. Um, I think that covers it all. Anything else roster cut-wise, Eddie, before we do a few Twitter questions? Uh, The specialists, we didn't get those in, so we got to include those in the 53. (laughs) Sorry, Uh, Lucas Haversick, you're going to get the scissors here. Yep, so Luke Rhodes will be the long snapper, Rigoberto Sanchez the punter, and Matt Gay will be the kicker. Boom. At least we think. They're is your 53 next week our pod will be before we get to twitter questions our pod will be either late wednesday or thursday during our normal kind of late morning time after our morning show chris bauer is going to meet the media next wednesday time unknown so want to hear from ballard slash i want to get through waiver claims you know eddie how many times do you have a 53 man roster and then you start making moves of guys and and um you know, really that first 24, 36-hour period after roster cuts, I still think is kind of a part of it. So I like to let that play out before we come back with a pod. Time for Twitter questions. Let's do it. Or X questions. Oh, I'm sticking with Twitter, man. Come on. Forever and always? But I'm going to be stubborn. I'm getting older. A dad of two. Get off my lawn. <laughs> my lawn's so ugly. Yeah, I feel you, man. Uh, mine's getting a little long. Need to cut it. Uh, Cameron is up first. Wow. AR's mobility impacts every level of the offense. Finally, have a super weapon. Obviously, Anthony Richardson needs to learn to take five miles per hour off some of these throws, but is some of this on the receivers? They were rockets, but Downs lost one right off the hands. I think it's fair to call the Downs one a flat-out drop. But, Eddie, what did I say last week on the pod? We're going to have gray area with two things with Richardson. One... When he runs, how often he runs, you know, does he take hits, et cetera, et cetera. And then the other one is the fastball. When do you throw at 86? When do you throw at 98? The ball touched his hands. Should he have caught it? That's the gray area. I like this first line from Cameron. His mobility impacts every level of the offense. It's every level of the offense, and it's every level of the defense. You know, last year, Eddie, you never challenged the opposing safeties. Of a team, or I should say, hardly ever challenged. Now you are doing that. Do you have to spy with a safety against Richardson? And vertically, he now has an arm that obviously will test that as well. And I still think you impact your own offense. It's mostly positively, but you go back to the joint practices with the Bears. You go even to to the other night with Quint Nelson having a couple penalties. You are blocking a very different looking offense than you are used to. So, um, that is certainly something that um, is worth mentioning. And I go back to that opening series from last night. You try the deep ball to Pierce to start the game. That, that's, that's a play that makes a lot of sense to try. But now you're second and ten. You've got to get back on schedule. And he misses. He targeted on that play. It was Pittman. He misses Pittman over the middle there. Now it's third and ten. That's when you're impacting, again, every level of the offense and defense there because you're way behind the chain, so you put your offense in a negative position because you missed the simple throw on second down. But now it's third and ten, and the defense for Philly, they just can't go man across the board and, and, and pin their ears back. They've got to have a spy for Richardson because the play was called back, but after the false start on Nelson, you had a 15-yard scramble. 
yeah. by Nelson or by Richardson. And again, Nelson got called for holding on that play. So um, you just Nelson can't do that, but you also can't put your offense in those situations to where you're exposing those guys around him. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Brian is up next. Only four Twitter questions in total today. Something that really isn't talked about is Jonathan Taylor playing for a rebuild team. Would him going to a real contender be incentive? Also, there have been many players that have wanted out. Philip Rivers, Andrew Luck, Stephon Gilmore, and DeForest Buckner, although he denies that. Those would be all top-tier players on the team. It would be neutral to play or it'd be natural to want to play for a contender. Uh, Jonathan Taylor would get more on the next contract if he played deep into January. I don't know if money is the only factor here. Yeah, I, I think Taylor just wants to get paid in a similar timeline of the other guys in his age range, if you go back to recent drafts. that That's where I'm at. I think he just... He simply just wants to get paid. I don't think it's necessarily that he wants out of Indy because he doesn't like Indy. I I don't think that is true. I think he wants to be paid before his fourth NFL season. That, that to me, is kind of what it boils down to. Obviously, you've had the three trade trade requests in the last year. They're all very different trade requests. But, you know, whether it was Hines, whether it was Gilmore, whether it was Taylor— Certainly, part of losing brings this on. Like some of it happens like this. The disgruntlement rises a little bit. Um, you know, you can swallow your pride a little bit when you're winning if your role isn't necessarily that. Um, and it's just kind of a, it, it is a sad state of a franchise of like, you know, the Colts aren't the ones making the Stefan Gilmore trade. They're giving up Gilmore. You know, they, you know, think back to 06 when they traded for Booger McFarlane in season. They view that as one piece away. You know, t- 2013, after they go 11 and 5, they make the Vontae Davis trade. Hey, we're going to push a little bit more. We think we're there. Um, you're not in that position as a franchise. You're on the reverse of that. People are calling you more than you're calling people to try and make those sorts of deals. So I, I hope that answers what, what Brian is kind of asking about. So. Um, I, I don't know if going to a real contender would be a huge incentive for him. I guess he'd be winning, but I just think, period, he just wants to be paid before year four. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com. And talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Jeff wants to know, why do teams continue to do joint practices? It seems like most of them end in fights, and both Colts joint practices ended early this year due to fights. Love the pod. Go Irish. Go Irish. Beat Navy. What do you think? Twenty point five on the on the line for tomorrow. What do you what do you think there? I would probably take the Irish minus twenty and a half. Just because I think Sam Hartman is that dude. I love, love me some Sam Hartman. I thought about thirty eight thirteen, but I don't bet against the against the academies. That's a rule of mine. That's true. I could see that. Just because of their style of football, it's hard for them it to get like blown out. It sounds like a little out. different style. You know, Navy doesn't have Coach Ken Niamatololo anymore. They might be throwing a little bit, which I hate. I, I think I should run the triple option. Um, the joint practices, I mean, they still get a lot of good work in. I, I don't. It's not like all-out brawls. I mean, by all accounts, this fight happened, what, like 90 minutes into practice? So you're obviously getting 90 minutes of work in before. And again, these fights are like... It sounded like the Frank Franklin Kelsey one was a little bit much, but the fights are more of like I'm in your face, you're in my face, I'll swing, I'll purposely miss so I don't injure my hand on your helmet, and then by that point it's been broken up. Now it takes another minute or two to like break it up, which is always like a long slug to get everybody back in the bullpen, if you yeah. will. Um, but yeah, I, I still think the joint practices are pretty pretty beneficial. Last Twitter question comes from Jeremy: What's more likely to happen? Jonathan Taylor signing an extension with the Colts or Shaquille Leonard playing all 17 regular season games? 
Oh, jeez, Jeremy. Oh, man. Can we end with an easier one? Yes. Didn't I say last week there's a better chance of you playing week one? Indeed. And then uh, didn't you get a Twitter DM from the same person mm-hmm. who submitted that question? Yeah. How are we looking on the fantasy league? Full. How was that? Full. Okay. We, I, I went fast. I know a lot of people were probably upset about that. Have we picked out a draft time for that? Uh, you were looking next week. We didn't we think Monday, Labor Day night or something? Uh, that's fine with me. So the, what, the fourth? Or that Tuesday. I'm good with either of that. Let's, let's do the uh, fourth. Let's set that up. Let's go, uh, 8.30, That's fine. Like that. Yeah. Monday night works better for me. Uh, ch- yeah, it's tough to bet on Shaq all 17 games. Of course, it's tough to bet on Taylor extension. Let me ask this one, Eddie. Can the Colts play the waffle game with Taylor in 2023? Can they allow him to be on their roster without a contract extension? Would Taylor do that, A? And again, now we're getting into, is he going to sit out? Is it going to cost him money? All of that. I mean, there's a lot of layers to it. But do you have to do something with him? Either trade him or extend him? Is it just A and B, trade, extend, or is there a C? (laughs) Where you look at him and you say, play it out, and now you have this storyline there every single week to me it's simply a or b and i don't think there's a c it's a trade him or c or b he's playing at what he's currently at because i mean if the reports are true from stephen holder and mike chapel that the colts haven't even made an offer to an extension towards jonathan taylor's direction or have entertained the you know the conversation of an extension uh i don't see them changing their tune any minute I think it's an either or. I, I I know there's probably a lot of people that don't think that. They say screw it, you you play on that contract. I just think that's a storyline you don't want hanging over. And boy, I just worry about the impression that you're making on Richardson. I might be overreacting to that. And again, it's the NFL, it's not the NBA, but that is something that has been a little bit more focused. And again, this is both parties involved. I don't want to say act like this is Colts. Uh, Colts are the only one at fault here. So. Um, Are you shocked that we haven't had an extension at all between, you know, obviously Taylor, Pittman, or, or Big Grove? Yeah, I mean, what, Nelson and Hines were just the day before the start of the seasons, right, in those respective years, if I'm not mistaken. I think one of them else, Grover, was in season. So, you know, maybe you do get something, and I don't know, do you believe that the Colts are going no extensions with this new coaching staff? You know, that seems to be a little bit of the narrative out there. One thing I'll say on Leonard before we wrap it up. You know, at, at training camp, Eddie, you obviously have been out there. We're so close to the action. Oh, yeah. Good to hear everything he says. You watch Leonard when he comes to the sideline, and you get a real close-up of him. It is amazing to see the difference in definition between the back of his left leg versus the back of his right leg. And I know we're getting really into the weeds with this, but it's the ankle pain that's been through the calf and into the back. And so, you know, he's talked about how that left leg is kind of dragged on him before. And if you look at the two legs, I mean, it I mean, you clearly see the difference in definition. And again, that'll be something to watch as we get into the quality of Leonard versus the quantity of it, which we've talked about. Of He makes $20 million. He's got to play up to that. You know, That is something that I think is going to be a storyline this season. And we'll see, again, it, 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 he, fe- he says he feels different, but you just look at the two legs and it's like, wow. And you know, I think we all have been there at some point. You, you have the broken arm and you get the cast off and it looks totally different. Or know? in my case, torn ACL, yeah. Boom. Been there. Um, the, knee, the knee scars look, look a little bit different. It's just a good thing to have EJ Speed back there to you know, help yep. take a little bit of the pressure or load off a of shack. Without question. He is Eddie Garrison. I'm Kevin Bowen. Everybody have a great week. Enjoy week zero. Again, 107.5 The Fan. It's got some recap from last night. Final 53-man roster look. We'll have you covered next week. Probably looking at that again Wednesday, Thursday, after Chris Ballard speaks to the media. Everybody stay cool here on this Friday in Indy. We'll talk to you next week.